Episode 30, One Dino, Two Dino, Red Dino, Blue Dino. Join us at the table where we talk board games to miniatures and everything in between. The games we play with Brian and Chris. Hey! Hey. And welcome back to The Games We Play, a podcast about board games, tabletop, miniatures, RPGs, and most importantly, the games we play. I'm your host, Brian, and with me is... Chris. Woohoo! This is episode 31, Dino, 2 Dino, Red Dino, Blue Dino. This week, we will be reviewing Draftosaurus. We'll also be talking about the games we played this week, as well as our love and hate, and uh, maybe something else, because uh, Draftosaurus is kind of a smaller game, and I don't expect us to review it for very long, but it should be a lot of fun. We uh, we had a little fun with that playing this week. Yeah, it was. So, Chris, uh, how's your week been going? Uh, it's been good. Uh, it's been uh, busy with wrestling starting. We've started our practices, getting ready for competition in December. And so that's been taking me away. So I haven't had a lot of games getting on the, the table yet. We're going to get the schedule figured out and get more on. But we, we've done um, we've done some games. Um, I've actually been working with our middle school principal and talking with her. And they do a logic and strategy hour at school. And she's uh, asked me to come in and teach some games and help uh, give some strategy and logic game recommendations for for various number of people and within 30 minutes or under. So I've got my list going. So I'm working with her and we're going to show in, got some uh, recommendations like Onitama and Sushi Go and some some of those strategy type games where uh, I'll go into the school and pull them out and teach all the kids how to play and they'll play them for a couple weeks and then I will uh, teach a new game. So yeah, coordinate that and getting ready to work on that. So that's been kind of fun, just getting ready to plan that kind of stuff. So. Awesome. Yeah. That does sound pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's a neat opportunity. I'm really glad that she's uh, uh, um, yeah, willing to do this. She asked me to do it. I'm like, sure, we'll do it. Yeah, why not? Yeah. It's teaching board games, getting kids into playing games. Heck yeah. I got just one in the mail. That was a party game that we talked about on our list, and it's the one where everybody's... It's a cooperative party game, of all things, where... Uh, there's one person who's guessing and there's a word that uh, we're, we collectively is trying to get that person to guess. And the only way we can get them to guess it is to give a one word clue. And each of us write down and actually looks like a little like a table tint, but it's a whiteboard type film, you know, like texture. Yep. Yep. So you have dry, mark, uh, dry erase markers. And so you write your word and then you have to compare it to all the other players. And if anybody has any one word that's uh, replicated, then we all have to put our word down. So then the guesser only sees the unique answers that go out to them. And then they have to try to guess the answer. And you try to do as many of those, I believe, in a time or something. I haven't read the official rules. It's one of those just fun things where you try to do and it gets goofy because everybody's coming up with the same answers. Yeah. And then all that's left is like the weirdest words ever. And it's like, how are you supposed to get chocolate from that, you know, or whatever the example is? But uh, just got that in the mail. That actually won the Spiel de Jar for 2019, yeah. a party game. So um, I kind of did something basically similar, like I talked about in the last episode, where it had like whiteboards and stuff. Um, 
and it was basically the same thing, but this is the actual, actual game, so I'll be curious to read some of the rules. Maybe there's some additional things in there that I didn't do, possibly, but still kind of a fun concept and gets kind of goofy, so I, that's all I got in the mail this week. Oh, nice. I actually ordered that, too, through that Target sale they've been having, and I uh, got a message stating it's out for delivery by UPS, so hopefully sometime today, this afternoon, I'll be getting my copy, too, as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. And that's all you got this week. Uh, well, no, there's other, <laughs> there's other <Okay>. packages. <laughs> yeah. They had some key forge two player, uh, uh, the box, the new ones coming out. So I ordered that and, um, okay. So, uh, ke- keep this quiet because grace isn't supposed to know this. I ordered <laughs> for her. That's going to be a Christmas present for her. So, um, it, so don't tell So her. she doesn't listen to the podcast. Obviously. Well, she's behind a couple of weeks. So by the yeah, time she gets and listen to out. this, yeah, but no, or I she, can bleep it out. I'll bleep there it out. There we go. Bleep that out. She's going to be, she's going she's to, she's going State. to love yes. that. Get, no. She's going to Iowa state university for a graphic design illustration major. She's got a goal. She wants to work for Disney or Marvel. She loves that stuff. Very artistic and graphic, uh, uh, that, that just that type of the brain loves that. So I got her the Ross. She doesn't know. It's, she, I got her that game. She doesn't know it's coming. But yeah, I picked up a few of those games from the, the Target sale. Uh, got the Villainous Expansion and Just One. So they've got some good ones. Um, oh, that should be fun. Yep. Yeah, it should be fun. Looking forward to those. Those are Just in the time for the holidays. I know. I know. Yes. That'd woo-hoo. be great. Cool. So let's go ahead and move on to what's on your table. All right, this week's What's on Your Table. Chris, what has been on your table this week? Actually, I've been playing and actually teaching a couple teachers how to play Onitama and Sushi Go. Uh, I'm working, like I mentioned earlier, with the, the school, the middle school, about introducing some logic and strategy games. So uh, I was working with a teacher and just talking about coming up with a game plan for things and introduced him to Onitama and talked about Sushi Go and how all the strategies involved in that type. And he he loved it. Uh, pulled that Sushi or uh, um pulled the only Tommy game out and talked to him about how it's kind of chess light like, uh, but a lot oh, for more. sure. Yeah, it, it's good. It, really uh, it, gives is. You, it definitely gives you that feeling of, of chess, yeah. but it's, it's definitely simpler. Yes. I think that is an easy step to teach kids uh, mm-hmm. chess like games with yeah. that, that move and the specific moves and stuff. But yeah, so I, I'm a big fan of Onitama. I enjoy that playing more that than chess. So I, I love that. So anytime I can pull that out, plus it has a neoprene mat. Awesome. Yeah. I get, <laughs> <laughs> get to uh, show that to anybody. So yeah, I've been playing a uh, sushi go and Onitama introducing that to a couple teachers, friends. Cool. Awesome. Uh, for me, what's been on my on my table, and I think I talked about this last week, was Scythe Rise of Finris. Yeah. Uh, the only reason I brought it up is at the time we had only played, I think, one mission or one one scenario. Uh, we blitzed out the rest the rest of the week and actually played uh, all eight campaign scenarios uh, and we finished that up on Sunday, actually. Um, yeah, so... I just want to put it back on my list because I want to talk about just a little bit more because it was a lot of fun, actually. I really enjoyed it. There was some definitely, and this is going to be spoiler-free, so I'm going to be as spoiler-free as possible. Definitely some twists and turns in there, some unique things that happened that was kind of cool. Different gameplay 
stuff happened that kind of... I mean, if you just played eight straight games of the base game of Scythe, it might get old, especially if you play it within a week. But there was enough in here that changed either your like your mission, your goals, or how you scored, or just different objectives in the game that made it interesting every time you played. And all I have to say is that they did put rules to modulize or put modules of the things that came out during the game. And so you could actually pull those modules out of this game and play in your base game. And you can pick and choose or just throw them all in. All I have to say is there are some modules in here that I almost want to play with all the time with the base game now. Nice. So, again, I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want to ruin it or spoil it. But needless to say, it's pretty awesome and i got some awesome photos and i can't post them on instagram because i don't want to spoil it for anybody but it's great Uh, i'm sure if you look online you can find uh, more information about it and and get the spoilers if you really want to but i really enjoyed it they they did a great job to mix it up and add some new stuff in it and keep it fresh so that was uh scythe rise of fenris again my second week in a row on my table but uh, finally got that finished up Wow, sounds good. Sounds like it, it takes a little bit of time to uh, to play, so you got to have that on the table multiple times. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, that's what was on my table this week. All right, this week the games we play reviews Draftosaurus. Chris, would you mind telling us about Draftosaurus? Absolutely. I don't mind at all. It's a 2019 game uh, designed by Antoine Bauza, who's of Seven Wonders fame, uh, published by Encama, if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm horrible at uh, at that. It's a two to five player game, plays in about 15 minutes. It's a really lightweight, lightweight game, uh, good for ages eight and up. In Draftosaurus, your goal is to have the Dino Park most likely to attract visitors to do so you have to draft dino meeples and place them in pens that have some placement restrictions each turn one of the players roll a die and this adds a constraint to which pens of any other player can add their dinosaur draftosaurus is a quick and light drafting game in which you don't have a hand of cards that you pass around but it's a bunch of dino meeples in the palm of your hand there isn't a whole lot to it for the how to play but i mean essentially you know we all grab five dinos in hand right out of the bag randomly and you keep them private out of hand the person who's up rolls the die and that die roll tells all the other players where they can place a dino it might be like the left half of your board or they call it a zoo or the right side of your board or the top half or the bottom half. Uh, it might be, have to go into an empty pen or it might be that you, uh, the T-Rex where you have to put it with the T-Rex. Um, and, and that's basically it. Right. And then yeah. if you're the person rolling the die, you can place it anywhere in your zoo. After you do that, the dinos that you still have left in your hand pass to the player to your left. The die passes to the left they roll and just keeps going and you go two rounds and one round consists of six dinosaurs. So you only get yep. to place 12 dinosaurs in your in your zoo and uh, whoever has the most points wins the game. That's about it, right? Yeah, that's really is. So in those pens, there's different scoring mechanisms. There's yeah. um, at the more of the same dinosaur you put in there, it adds up points. There's ones where you put uh, dinosaurs of different colors in there. So the mm-hmm. more of different colors can't have the same in there, you get points. There's ones where you got to make 
couple dinosaurs you gotta match pair them up the two of the same color and you get points oh gosh there's ones where three of the same dinosaur and you get points so each of these pens had these little restrictions of how many dinosaurs you can put in and and basically what kind of color restriction it could be multiple colors could be the same color some of them alternate colors there's a front side of the board and a back side of the board uh so which they have two different playing areas of different combinations but really that's it it says this pen says here's the restriction on it and here's the points you get from it so you can take different strategies of grabbing uh these dinosaurs and putting them wherever you want uh to get the most points as possible but yeah really it's that simple but it's it's a thinky game there's a good amount of strategy i mean it's not overwhelming but no yeah yeah, yeah there's not a lot of uh yeah, yeah. i see you're saying yeah, yeah pretty easy yeah it really is really is pretty easy so artwork chris on this uh there are two sides of each player's board right or yep. zoo let's call it zoo yep. and on each side is like a summer and a winter i believe is how it's self-described there's the artwork on that there's not anything really on the dinos of the bag and it's just the the box so that's about all the artwork in this game what what did you think about it the artwork is very basic. These boards are small. They're they're not large at all. Like a, like a few inches yeah, by a few inches? Six inches by six inches, maybe yeah. eight inches by eight inches at most. Yeah. It's yeah. not more than that. It's definitely not double digit in, uh, inches. But yeah, so these are small boards that you have. And the art is very, very basic. Uh, just maybe have some stones or it's a, the pen art and the, the mm -hmm. terrain if it's if it's kind of sand or mountainous versus grassy or mm -hmm. snow on one side that kind of bit and there's really there's no words on it it's all uh, numbers or graphic symbols they have uh, male female for one side and then there's which represents uh, gosh, I forget what it represents. People, anyway. Yes. Oh, that's right. The restroom symbol types, and so it it all just has graphic symbols. Um, there's a numbers on it by the pens to say you know how many uh, how many dinosaurs you can put in their maximum stuff like that. And then how it gets many little, species you yes, can put species, in that kind of thing. Yes. And how many? Uh, then there's equals or not equal signs to to determine if uh, you know the it. Once you put a color of a, a meeple dinosaur in there, it has to be the same. Just yep. very, very simple. No words really all over. So this is – it's a multilingual um, graphically designed and artistically set up game board. So there's no English on it. There's no French. There's no Spanish. It's all symbols and numbers type stuff. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. So very, to me, it's very, very basic. And you don't need that. You don't need advanced art for this. Just very basic no, and descriptive yeah. and graphic yep, art agree. style. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean, even for the art style that is there, uh, you know, it's kind of a cartoony, uh, lighthearted, um, fairly bright colors. I mean, it looks aesthetically pleasing, yeah. but other than that, there's not much to it. The cover art's kind of funny. You know, yeah. there's the, the dinosaur, like, trouncing through and the people, and it looks cool. It's it's eye-catching for sure when you look at that cover. You're like, oh, what what's this about? Another dinosaur game, but, you know, this has a weird name, and oh, okay. Um, that's kind of the feeling I got from the game when it first came out. But, um, yeah, overall, I think the art was good. I, again, it's not like Everdell or something like no, that, but it, no. it is what it is, right? It doesn't need to. That's not the, the purpose of this game. Like you said, lighthearted, 15, 20-minute type game. Uh, yeah, really it is. All right, so the rule book. Chris, I, I 
kind of handed you the rule book yep. at one point. I don't know if you leafed through it per se, uh, but the the rule book was okay. Yeah. We actually found we actually found a uh, misprint, I think, with the rules. Now this is a I think a French native game because most of the words on the back of the box are French, but there's also a little English. But you can tell the English is secondary to the French, and there's a French rule book and then an English rule book in there. And on the pins, like you were talking about, they show how many victory points are on it. Well, when we're looking through the rule book and it was talking and describing how you score some of these pins, one of the pins said in the rule book that it's six points while the the yes. the board said seven points. So we went off the seven points thinking it was a misprint on the rule book. Also, some of the sentences were, I don't know if it was technically bad grammar, but it just some of it didn't make sense. I know I was reading through it and I had to reread it multiple times to understand what it was trying to say. Because uh, I, th- I was kind of reading aloud to all of you because it was a short game. I hadn't played it. There were like five or six of us in the room. I think, I, yeah, I don't know. It was just seemed a little obtuse for a such a simple game, I thought. I agree. And yeah, um, there is a French-English version, and then there's a Spanish uh, edition version. And uh, Antoine Baza is a French game designer. And I've seen that before in uh, French published and and, uh, designed games when they translate to English. Missed rules, uh, the wording, the lost in translation type, Rackham. Uh, was a miniatures uh, game company that produced Confrontation, AT43, things like that. Some miniature games back a while ago, and it was a French game. And when it tried to read these rules in English, oh my gosh, it, it's so. That's uh, I've seen that in other French companies when they uh, translate Dice it to Forge. English. Yes, Dice Forge is another one we've Oof. ran into that. that great ru- games, yeah, yeah, great, great game. I mean, Dice Forge but, probably. Is- the worst rule book I've ever read thus far for yes, me personally. I agree with you on that. So yeah, there's it's it there's a tendency with these French games <laughs> to be lost I, in translation. I mean, yeah, I don't mean the yeah. yeah, so far, at least in my experience. But I mean, so the rule book was okay. Yes. Uh it, it was it was a little confusing for such a small game. Yes. I would I mean it took us ten minutes to get through it. It, it took a ma- the same amount of time to go through and read the rules and explain it to other people than to play it. Like it was the same amount of time. Um, but honestly, once you played it and because of symbology on it, you didn't really need to reference the rule book thereafter, I felt like. So I mean, shouldn't really deter you from trying this game out but just be aware that you might want to spend a little extra time to read it usually with these small games i just give myself five minutes to read it and understand it this one took around 10 minutes or so for a 15 minute game so take it or leave it but that's my thoughts uh on the on the rule book all right components so the components really just make up the the five main player boards and then you have a linen type bag and in that bag, all the these wooden meeple dinosaurs are in, right? That's how it gets stored, yeah. and that's how you draw them out at the beginning of the game. Um, and that's basically the components. So, Chris, what do you think of the components on this? I love meeples. I mean, really, it's you got the uh, dinosaur cut out meeples with different colors. I think those are pretty cool. The bag is it's a very uh, inexpensive. I don't know if like cheaply made. Very inexpensive bag. Yeah, it's like this linen. linen. It's it's a linen. It's not felt. It's not the heavy thick. It's whatsoever. I mean, actually, you can see the different colors through the bag. It's thin. Yeah. And then the then the game boards is a very thin cardboard, not like a 
we said earlier, small. It's not big. It's flimsy. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. it's not I mean, cardstock per no. se, but it, it's it's not like super thick. And in right. fact, like some of the boards were kind of bowed a little bit out of the box. Absolutely. So really, honestly, the best components to this is the dino meeples. And really, that's what you're using. Oh, yeah. That's what you're playing. So uh, it, it it is a game that there isn't much to it. Uh, really, it's just a small, minor-type game. Um, but yeah, and, and the dinosaurs, meeples, just yeah. to talk a little further on that, because I think that's the best component in the game, Right, is they're all different colors. You got... And for each color is a different species because species the different species right. make up a lot about this game when we yep. talk a little more in depth about our likes. But uh, they're different colors. You got like greens and blues and reds and yellow and orange and and they're very distinctly and pink. Sorry, yep. it very distinctly different in color, but they're also different in shape. So like your red is T Rex. You got your triceratops which is your yellow and so on and so forth so if you're colorblind i do appreciate that they also varied the shape and they look pretty cool i mean they're all different heights and lengths and uh i don't know i i they look awesome these these wooden meeples are really cool looking i really like them yeah i agree with you on that um this is an uh 20 game and under so really it's a fairly inexpensive game uh, it's currently at like under $18 at Miniature Market, so you can find it around at, on those game places. So really, it's not that expensive, and you're not getting a, a like high-quality components, but the meeples are, are pretty cool. Yeah, I, I agree. And then the wooden dice, I forgot to bring oh, that up. The yes, wooden dice the wood is dice. like a... Thick. It's not colored in. It's light. Yep. It, it's a normal size, but it's one of those cheap light dice. Yep. Uh, the only issue I had is the symbol for grassland does not make sense to me. There was a few symbols that I we had to really check to see what it was. Like, what is that? Is that? Yeah. That, that, yes, the sand uh, baroness type one. We we looked at that a couple times. I'm like, what is that? Oh, that's supposed to be a rock. Yeah. Well, it's actually supposed to be. It's called in the rule book grassland. Which is kind of weird because right. it's like yeah, that's what it looks like. I I know it's it looks like a rock. It is but, a rock. Yeah, you know what? But and the tr- the terrain is kind of rocky too. Yes. It's like orange and desolate. But in the rule book, it says grass. I know. I think that's where they lost in translation. Supposed- yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it is supposed. And that just dawned on me. That's yeah, funny. No, I know that's what we were because I was sitting next to Scott when we were rolling that. We're like, no, that's a rock, and and you're over there saying it's grassland, and we're like, well, it's a rock, and that's where we're all confused because everybody was right. It's a rock. <laughs> on the die and it that was grasslands. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a few of those lost in translation type stuff with this. All right, game. I pulled up the rule. Yeah, no, it says yeah. grasslands. Yeah. I know. Okay, I just pulled up the it. rule book. Yeah, it I... says woodlands and grasslands. Yeah. And, and even in the book next to grasslands, it shows the same die face. Yeah, which is a but rock. But it looks like a rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, that's funny. That has to that has <laughs> to be a, a translation. I issue. think so too. I think that's that is funny. The, the editor type. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to get off a tangent, but yeah, that that's not s- very self-explanatory. Uh, those dice faces, which is too bad. But again, you play it enough time, it's not a it's right. Really, you not pick it up really deal. quick. It's the first time that you're like, what? No. Oh. Uh, oh you, you Are you sure? It? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then after that, you got you know what it is every single time after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right, let's talk about our likes for this game. Chris, what are your likes for this? I like these games that really have all the strategy. I mean, it's 
it's you can start planning ahead of like, hey, this is what I want to do. But honestly, in this type of a game, once you either draw the initial draw of the dinosaurs Mm -hmm. or once they pass them, you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. It's very that pick and pass. Sushi Go, Sushi Go Party has the same pick, pick one card, pass, pick one dino, pass the rest. And they're going around the same circle. So you can you can think of a strategy, but you have to adapt on the fly to adjust. I like that where where you're like, okay, not from step one. You're like, I'm doing this all the way no you can't do that in these games you have to adjust your strategy as you go you can have an ideas of like hey if i get this colored of dino meeple i'm going this way if not Mm -hmm. i can go this way so i like those games that really kind of make you think it's not Mm -hmm. i'm just taking this card every time taking this card every time taking this every card i mean you really have to adjust on the fly but it's a really light and quick game that makes you think that way uh and mm-hmm. so I, that's what I like about it. Plus the, the different colored dino meeples. I, I like meeples. Those are cool. But the game, the strategy uh, type and how the game plays with the strategy, I like in this. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. It get, definitely gives me a bunny kingdom feel where yeah. you start out yep. and you're like, all right, I have five or three different species or four different species in my hand. What, what am, where do I start? Right. Yeah, you're going to have to just pick one and, and see where it goes. And then yep, after a couple exactly. people more passes, you're like, oh, I can do this now. That kind of it. Absolutely. I agree with you. You're not going to know where you're heading first uh, First pick. It, it evolves. Is That's a good way to put it. The strategy mm-hmm. evolves as you as the turn goes along. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. No. So for likes for me, I really like the winter side of the board better. I agree. And the winter side's really good. Yeah. I really like the options it gives on the winter side. It felt a little more flexible, but at the same time, you got a lot of more points right. uh, possibility. And I know on the summer side, it felt like you'd basically basically got trapped from that dice roll like i think when we all played it we played a five-player game multiple times and on the summer side everybody basically had to put one in the river and that river is basically hey if you can't qualify for any of the pins you have to put it in the river and that's only worth one point per dino you have in there which isn't great it's not great at all right but on the winter side i don't think anybody put one in the river at all i don't think so either everybody was able to strategically place it somewhere in the map that benefited them yeah so just kind of the pins to talk about that was in the winter so uh there there's a cool pin where you are placing only two species in the pin and there's what six spots in it but you have to alternate the colors so basically when you selected the the two species or colors you were kind of stuck so i you know you had to do like orange green orange green orange green and if you need an orange and orange doesn't come out you can't put it there which is kind of cool and then you have a lovers bridge which on either side of the map is a couple spot so this is like on the summer there's a couple pin where you for each pair of the same species you got victory points which is kind of neat but on this one they're split by two sides of the board and they give you extra points than the other side which is kind of neat um and then there's the pyramid which i personally enjoy the pyramid has three rows of three two and one and they can't the species of dinosaurs can't be placed adjacent to each other or the first two on the left on the bottom row can't be the same as the next row on top of it. There's symbols to show it. So it's kind of interesting planning ahead. Like, Ooh, there was a couple times where I'm like, Ooh, I could really take this yellow. I could build on this pyramid. I mean, or I could put it over here. You had a, 
in the winter, I had a lot more options, yes. and each option was good, but you had to really weigh and maybe take some gambles that, you know, if I invest in this pyramid, I'm going to get a lot of points, so I'm going to do that. Right. Or I'm going to take the I'm going to take the guaranteed points now and do this in chance that I might not get something. Right. Um, the lookout, which was kind of cool, I liked the lookout a lot, actually, is that you put a dinosaur in the lookout, and you score two points per dinosaur of that on your neighbor to the right zoo. So, like, in the case when Chris and I were playing, I think, what dinosaur did you have there? Like, orange or yellow or something? It it was orange because you had three of them. Yep. So you got six points because you put an orange one in there. That was one of my very last ones I drew. So I pulled that out. I'm like, oh, this doesn't help. Oh, wait a minute. Brian has three of them. Boom. There we go. And I had two more drafts after that. And I'm like, okay, the best place right here. Boom, used it. So I got six points because you had three of them on your board. I I thought that was neat. I like that. You got points based off of the person next to you. So you kind of had to be paying attention. Yeah. Because outside of that on the summer side, there was really not any reason. Well, there was kind of, but I don't know. And then the quarantine zone, which I really liked the quarantine zone. Basically, you get to put one dinosaur there. And then at the end of the game, you get to move that one dinosaur out of your quarantine and place it in any of the other. Pins. So yep. it's kind of like, I'm going to save him. I don't have a spot to put him right now, but I might at the end of the game. Right. And actually, that gave me tons of points for yeah, me at the end yep. of the game. I like that. It gives you options. You can strategize for the future. And like, hey, you can have safe bets. I really agree with the, the winter side of the board. Uh has more uh, risk-reward type of mechanics involved. In you could you could put it in here, try to you know risk to get more reward at the end. Or, you, yeah. know, you know, just it, it pans out. But, yeah, it, it really does. I like that that feel of that side of the board. I agree. that The winter side of the board was much more fun to play. Yeah. The, I mean, the summer side was it was fine. Yeah. It was a little more basic and easier for the yeah. rules, I think. Yeah. But th- that adds some nice variability that, you know, depending on the child you are playing yes. with or the people you're playing with, you can, you can pull out the summer side. But if you're playing with, hey, you've played this a few times. I'm gonna take this step uh, a step up. I'm gonna go winter side. Yeah. There's also a uh, summer winter mode in the vari- variants Ooh. where you play both sides and then you add your yeah. scores from both. That makes sense. Which I think that's better in this yeah. game to be honest because it's a little more randomy or swingy depending on what you get. I mean that's the same with all drafting games. So if you can play multiple games, it kind of evens things out a little bit and it comes down more of a little skill in your decision making than it does randomness of one game. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, I just I really like the variation of the two sides of the board. That that was nice that yeah. they threw that in there to just kind of vary it up a little bit. And I appreciate all the pins. Uh, while there's some similarities, they were definitely unique and different from both sides. So I really like that. Yeah. All right, dislikes, Chris. What what are some dislikes for you? Oh, looking at this, I I would have liked a little uh, better board. Um, I would have liked a uh, not the linen cheap. A bag because when you're pulling it there it, basically i when we played at work i had to put it under the table because if i held yeah. it out i could see right through the bag and see the various colors yeah, so yeah, I, agree. I, I would have liked a, a little better bag so you can't see that so there's not that temptation to look at the bag and like oh there's the purple i needed uh things like that um and then again i the the little thicker cardstock or maybe more cardboard for the the box and i understand again this is a, a under a 20 dollar game 
So they, they cut the costs on that, which I respect. But at least for me, I would have liked a thicker bag so you can't see through it when you're drawing the, the meeples out. The price has just recently gone down, actually. This has been kind of a wildly popular game because it's so simple and fun. And the prices were actually close right. to $30 for quite a few while. And I'm glad I didn't pull the trigger at $30 because I couldn't find this anywhere. Like Card Hoss, Game Nerds, Amazon, Miniature Market, cool stuff, all had them sold out for months after Gen Con. And it wasn't even until this month that I've found it in stock. Right now, Amazon has it for like $22, $23. That's a little on the high side given the components. So I, I would agree for the current price that that's probably a negative. Uh, that bag needs to be a little bigger too because – it's it's small yep. enough that right now that when you, all the dinosaurs are in the bag, it's basically up to the opening. So if you're trying to at the beginning pull out random dinosaurs, you're basically only pulling out what's at the top. There's no way to like get your hand in there and mix around and pull random dinos out of the bag. So that I would say the bag needs to be just a little bigger. That that's just my two cents. So no, I agree um, with you. Because I think on our first game, somebody pulled out five of the same color. It was kind of like, all right, you know, it was just because of how it got put back in the bag. And they, you couldn't mix it up because you just grabbed, grabbed it from the top of the bag. Right. And that's true because I was always third or fourth in a drawing out of the bag. So there are 18 or tw- uh, 12 uh, dinosaurs were already out. So I never experienced that. But I definitely agree with you 100%. Once it's full, that's a big bag. And that you can see through it. So, yep. For sure. Yep. For sure. Yeah, because there's 60 in the game. Yes. All right. So let's move on to our overall impressions, unless you have any other dislikes. No, that, that those were two of the main things. My overall thoughts on the game, um, you know, just for a score, I'm probably going to give it a 6. Um, which in the definition of BGG is a fair, some fun or challenge at least, and we'll play occasionally if in the right mood. This is not a game I'm going to want to pull out all the time. I'm going to have to be in a mood to play this. But when I do play it, you know, I'm going to have some fun. It's not going to be like, oh man, you can't believe that game. It's going to be just kind of a throwaway quick filler at lunch or quick filler between games. Um, it, it is a really good game that op- like that offers you a a little strategy. I mean, it's not huge strategy, not a lot of strategy, and it's not tons of luck, but there is some luck. It, it's you know, if you want to get the same kind of feel of like a bunny kingdom, for example, but you want to play it in fifteen minutes, this is what you get. This would be a really good game to pull out with your with your parents or your your siblings or or your kids, you know, that are basic into board games, maybe kind of casual. This is actually a decent game to give them a little extra strategy, give them a little exposure to like drafting and some more modern gameplay mechanics, but you're not playing a 45 minute game and it offers some variety and it's kind of cute with the meeples, right? I, I think that's what this game has to offer and that's the niche for it. But to a wider audience, like more hardcore gamers, or if you've been playing board games for a long time, this might not be a game that's going to hold your attention over a lot of gameplays, but might be a good one for your small games, pull out for friends and family, and maybe even your your kids. This is actually a really good um, kids game, I think, to introduce some of those uh, fundamental strategy and building blocks where you, you have to think a little bit, you have to use a little math. It, it's a great game to practice and use that. And it's fun. I mean, what kid doesn't like dinosaurs? I agree with you 100%. My rating was 6.5. It, it, it's an okay game. 
and where I saw this game excelled is like you just said, introduction to the game uh, mechanics and fundamentals to younger kids to get them in to teach them how to play this type and then evolve into better games as they grow up so would this be one i'd pull out with 30 and 40 year olds not necessarily because there's better games unless you're trying to just get somebody into uh, this type of game mechanic and they're very new so like of a gateway game but i see this game is is more of introducing kids into games that's how i saw it yep exactly it, it definitely fills that niche yep. oh absolutely uh, does yeah. it well does it well yeah it really yeah. does it, it, it and there's different you know you got your hey you're pairing up different species or you're doing species not the same or you're 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 trying to get sets of the species or you're, you know, there's all those different kinds of gameplay with the pins and that definitely adds some of that thinking and adds a little strategy, but it's not too hard, but it's, it's ideas that a, a kid could grasp. You know, like my six-year-old, he played this and was adding up all the points and he was really enjoying it because he loves dinosaurs and he was getting those concepts of pairing up dinosaurs or not having unique types of dinosaurs or T-Rex bonus points, you know, that kind of stuff. So he, he really got it. Should we even do a like that like this? <laughs> um, Yeah, see, that's where I was thinking. I, I think Gonshon Clever is if you like Gonshan Clever, this is a game that... You, I don't know. Uh, I'd rather play Gonshan Clever. I agree 100%. And over. I'm thinking that is if you like Gonshan Clever and you want to get kids to play Gonshan Clever, teach them this game, make them or let them learn the mechanics, and then move up and play Gonshan Clever. That's where I'm going with it because, yeah, I wouldn't go down. I like Gonshan Clever. I wouldn't go down to Draftosaurus, but getting kids or new people playing Draftosaurus gateway into Gonson Clover. Sure. The idea you're rolling a die. Right. Same kind of mechanics you're... is you, you got your game board and Gonson Clover's a, a page and you're matching in colors and symbols and this kind of aspect to gain uh, the, the game mechanics. Similar concepts in scoring with that and you're rolling the die oh, yeah. versus pulling a dino meeple out. So Yeah, you have individual yeah. scoring yes. each of the sections, yep. i.e. Yep. The, the die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could, I That's where see I that. see that. It's a kind of a more kid-friendly and it's geared towards yes. kids because obviously you have the dinosaurs yes. versus Gonshan clever right. there's no theme whatsoever yeah. so if if how yeah, I, I can see that oh i see it is if an adult likes Gonshan clever get this to teach your kids to, oh yeah this you, game might, mechanics, you might enjoy then, some of that and yeah. then you know get them uh, uh geared up to go play Gonshan clever with you <laughs> yeah so the you, yeah. it's not a foreign idea that hey there's different separate yep. areas yep. and they all have yep. kind of different rule sets around the area and they all score points differently and then you're trying to add up yeah you're right it kind of really does give the same feel where you're trying to balance and make decisions because it's just six dice versus one die essentially i mean yeah it's about the same yeah 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 uh you know even like the the drafting type mechanic you know sushi go but yes Pick and pass like dinosaurs, yep. and because those sushi go, you you have different scoring for each of the different types of food that you do, and it this is no different. It's just you're arranging like a physical meeple, right? Display. Instead of just yeah, instead of creating a set of cards on top of each other, yep. essentially, yep. it's it's you're just it's basically the same game, just rearranged a little different physically yep. and some different rules where there's a little more structure. Yep. To what you can and can't do yeah. than sushi different, go. Different theme. Dinosaurs yeah, versus theme, of course, sushi yeah. food. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, and not saying that this is any better than that. I'm just saying, hey, if you're sick of playing Sushi Go, but, you're, you know, your kids like it, this might be an little alternative just for your sanity. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, have to keep playing. Not that Sushi Go is bad, but, I mean, no. so, with any game, you can only play it but, so many times, yeah. right? But you may have a kid who really likes dinosaurs, and, well, that, here you go. Here's a here's an appropriate theme for you to, to play these strategy uh, game mechanics. Su- Sushi doesn't speak to eight-year-olds. I, that's are you crazy? Oh, when I when I first heard about sushi go party or sushi go, I was like, really? It's it's about su- sushi, the food, and, and it just didn't grasp me. It's a fun game, but no, once yeah. I once I played it, but it didn't grasp me with the theme. So maybe dinosaurs grasped somebody. Yeah, I so, would hope so. I yeah, mean, I mean, I love sushi. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, but, uh, yeah. Not many kids like sushi. No, at all. That, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so maybe they funny. like dinosaurs source better <laughs> all right well that is our game review of draftosaurus check it out all right this week's love and hate chris uh you want to start off with our love yeah actually one of the loves that i absolutely adore is planning to go to game conventions Uh, this is, we were looking at, uh, see if we can go to origins and just getting the logistics down. Oh, I love that. Just thinking about the route and the drive and trying to get hotels and just all the accommodations that go with that. So I retired as an army chief warrant officer and I was a logistician. So I did all this planning and packing and just the, the, just everything that dealt with our units movement and, uh, with equipment and operations and all of that. I assisted our commander and I did all that. So I've done this for years and I enjoy that. I love that planning, trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B with all these restrictions and requirements. And to me, so I get excited. I want to go to game conventions. I want to play games. So we started talking about origins and getting planning to see if we can go mm-hmm. do this and started looking at hotels and getting the oh the dates and figuring out how the routes and who's going and planning this and planning. I enjoy that. It gets me fired up. Well, because I really love going to conventions and playing games and seeing all, all that new stuff and just experiencing that culture and that event. So I love the planning and the details that go involved with that. So we'll actually see if we get to go to Origins this year. <laughs> we kind of got some some, some roadblocks already on the way. But uh, anyway, I love planning for it, even if we don't go or not. That's my go. love. I kind of wanted to – too bad I didn't have the Homer Simpson nerd <laughs> uh, when you're talking about the logistician. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. It, it, it is what it is. I was what I was. <laughs> Uh, my love this week is Nemesis. I know I talked about yeah. it a little bit last week in introduction. Now, before I move on, uh, let's uh, pay respects here for Chris because uh, it was funny because we were talking last week. That's a weird status for your shipping. Well, yeah. turns out it was a weird status. Well, Chris, I'll let you I let you tell. It's your it was your copy. Yeah. So, um, like we were talking about last week, I had that pending on shelf for distribution. I was like, what the heck? Never heard of that before. Well, after the next day after we recorded, I got an email from Miniature Market saying that there was a production error with my copy of Nemesis and that I will not be receiving it. And I'll, I did receive my uh, refund of the purchase price as well as I had a couple tag along. Uh, items in the the cart to get the the free shipping they sent those which was very nice but um, I am not receiving my copy of Nemesis that I pre-ordered months ago 
And so I reached out to Minister Market, which they're kind of the caught in the middle. But I also reached out to Awaken Realms and asked them about the production error and athlete. It's going to be produced more, if it's going to go on Kickstarter, all this kind of stuff. And it's been a week plus now, and I still haven't heard back from Awaken Realms. But I, I'm not holding my breath. Um, but I was really bummed that, and I looked, I went on the BGG forums for this game and noticed that somebody already instantly put a post about it. And there's lots of people have been commenting that they got the same thing, a uh, note from Miniature Market saying this due to a production error, they're not receiving a game that they pre-ordered months in advance. So I was pretty bummed. I'm ups, uh, kind of bothered by it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it would be a big deal if not for the fact that you can't buy the retail copy like literally anywhere else. Right, right. Everywhere sold sold out, and if you really want to buy it, you would have to like get a secondhand eBay copy, and those are just so expensive, oh, ridiculous. At that point, you might as well buy somebody's Kickstarter where you get all the extra stuff for probably 100 or 200 more but still so expensive yeah and that's what i just inquired with awaken realms if they're going to do a second uh printing or any anything like that is it planning on coming out in the future and mm. like i said it's been a week and no response so uh, yeah well they just launched their next kickstarter the great wall so maybe yeah. they're just really busy or something oh and i can understand that and i'm sure there's a lot of people that may have contacted them because uh, it sounds like there's oh, sure. many people that didn't get their pre-order copies. Yeah. So after you said the production copy, I'm like, oh, is there something wrong with my copy? And I was double checking that. Thankfully, there's nothing wrong with my yeah, copy. Nope. I was a little worried because maybe there was some problem with the, I don't know. Yeah. More than likely with the production error, they uh, took too many pre-orders than they could fulfill. Yeah, that's too bad. Well, it's just, it would have been nice to know because game nerds hadn't sold out of it <sighs> still for like, a month ago i think and then exactly. so you could have you could have got got it and that's because that's when i i pre-ordered it way after you and yep. game nerds and i got absolutely copy. i pre-ordered it months ahead of brian exactly and he got his and i didn't so well anyway so it is my love so sorry chris that that kind of sucks because the game is awesome <laughs> it's so much fun uh we, we we played this out on a friday night and you you weren't there but i uh, played with Corey and um Corey's brother also named brian oh, brian nice and, yeah, so three of us played, so it was a three-player game. It's best with, like, four or five players from what I was reading, but still, it was an absolute blast. I mean, this game is just dripping with theme. Um, it feels like Aliens, the board game, no joke, because you, you start out as your, your survivors, you have your own character. I, I really like uh, each character has their own action deck, and it's only 10 cards, which is kind of cool. You only get five cards per turn, so you're going to be... You're going to be cycling through your deck a lot, so you really, after a couple of turns, really know what your player can do, which is kind of nice. And so you're not really faced with tons of options, per se. So you have your action deck, which gives you special customized actions, which are thematic to your character. So, you know, I was a scout, and I got to do scouty type things, and... Um, uh, Corey was the scientist, for example, and he got to do more science things where he could like research or hack computers, you know, 
nerd type stuff. And uh, like I was looking at the Marine, they can do more like fighting stuff. So very thematic for the for the characters. But then there's basic actions that everybody has available to them. And so you're spending cards to do actions. So you only get so many actions per turn because you only have five cards. But you're exploring the spaceship because the whole spaceship is modular, which is pretty cool. And then you're you're le- you're making noise, and so you have to roll this die for noise, and oh. you put these cool noise. They're really nice acrylic noise counters. I mean, it's a noise counter, but it's I mean the production quality is out from the roof. Like yeah, and so you have these acrylic noise counters, and if you ever have to place a noise counter that there's noise, then an intruder comes or. You have to draw from the bag for intruders. So what's really cool is this bag is holding these aliens that are, are, they call them the intruders, that are on the ship. This bag basically represents the whole ship. And so you pull one out. There is a blank one in there. But you could get the queen or you get the breeder or the the adults or the crawler or the, like the face, you know, the face suckers, you know, those guys. And so you could pull out any one of them. And then uh, on the enemy's turn, they can move and they can go up into the vents. And when they go in the vents, they go back in the bags and the, the miniature comes off. So they're up in the in the vents of the spaceship. So it's kind of it's kind of cool where that. They cycle in and out of that bag, and then they can just show up anywhere, or they just run around the ship and try to murder you. Um, so there's that. And then you're searching rooms for items. There's different item decks. There's like health items or military items or tools, and you can combine tools to make like flamethrowers or Molotov cocktails, or you can use the cards for their purpose, like healing yourself or reloading your your guns and getting new guns, that kind of stuff. And and then there's different stations or different rooms throughout the ship, and all the rooms have special actions. So like the fire control room, you can use it to put out fires on the ship, or you can do it to put out a fire in a room, even if there's no fire, but it scares off the aliens. So you can use that to kind of try to manipulate the aliens from moving around. Uh, there's just so many different kind of rooms and it's modular and there's more rooms than you use. So every game could be a little unique. Uh, but ultimately my favorite part is the objectives where you get a personal and corporate objective and they could, uh, they may not jive with the other players. So, uh, like, (laughs) like mine objective is I had to send a signal, which I did. And then the ship had to blow up. It didn't say anything about the other players and if the ship needs a blow up, that means you need to be on an escape pod and not be on the ship. Because if the ship blows up, you die. And if you hibernate and the ship blows up, you still die. So the only way I could get out the ship was the escape pod. Well, the queen came out in the game and was camping on the hatch, which is the only place you could open the escape pods. And so the alternate was to wait for somebody to die and the escape pods open. So what did I do? I left a bad guy on the map, ran away. I was hiding while the bad guys were hunting down Corey and BG. And BG finally died, opened up the pod the escape pods. I escaped on the escape pods while Corey is literally at one point trapped. He's in a room and all three of the exits had like a queen, a breeder, and an alien all adjacent to his room. And Corey had like two serious wounds and it was just bad shape. And I was like, sayonara suckers. And I just escaped the ship and let Corey die to that queen. It was pretty fantastic. But that's the kind of game it is. It's just different. It's semi-cooperative. 
there is a true co-op mode if you don't like semi-cooperative but personally i love the semi-cooperative because you just have no idea what people are doing or why they're doing it and you don't know if you should stop them but you can't directly screw each other over like attack each other but you can do stuff or let stuff happens to screw over the other players it's 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 a it's a it was a lot of fun so much fun i could go on all day but it's definitely one of those games you walk away and you have a story to tell yes uh like me going off the ship and screwing over them like bg and Corey were all like been out of shape because i didn't finish off this one guy i i expended for my ammo and every time i drew their health was one more than the damage i put on it and an event card came out and the crawler turned into a breeder which was like the second highest of the game and it just went on a rampage and brian's like i'm gonna come in and kill it and he couldn't he couldn't hit anything and it just tore him apart it was it was actually pretty funny very satisfying yeah maybe not for him but no but even (laughs) even losing i ended up losing because i escaped and Corey died the ship actually didn't blow up because i was i thought that both engines were damaged which would make it blow up when it goes to hyperspace um unfortunately i didn't win but so nobody won but we all had so much fun and Corey's like i want to play this again like really want to play this again it was a lot of fun and right now i'm actually painting the miniatures so i just primed them last night and i'm gonna try to put a base coat on today and maybe do some highlight or uh do some dry brushing a little bit so um i'm actually gonna be painting those up so uh stick uh, check out our Instagram if you want to see those pictures. I should have those up when I'm done. I'm going to try to take pictures throughout the stages, and um, we'll see. It's my second time really painting, so cool. I don't know. Good luck. It's fun. Anyway, that was Nemesis. Sorry to go on and on. So much fun. I'm really enjoying this game. I'm not going to lie. This this game's jumped to like my top five. I don't know what bumps it off, but it it's a lot of fun. Really enjoy the theme and then just the tension and just the funny antics it almost kind of reminds me of like a a western legends where it gives you a bunch of things to do but it's in space yeah and you can kind of utilize it but it still gives you a little more of a focus and goal than western legends it's not so sandboxy but it's sandboxy from the point that there's all these different rooms that do different things and you can you make use of any of them to do what you need to do which is kind of cool like there's ways to push aliens around there's people ways to lock them out there's ways to heal yourself or do surgery um and what have you oh one last thing, sorry. The one last thing I really like to get out the game is throughout the game you can get you can get uh, contaminated, and you there's these huge deck of contamination cards. And when you take one, the bottom half you can't really tell what the words are because it's that red. Oh yeah. And so they get in your deck and clog it up, and you can't do anything. But at the end of the game, if for some, somehow if you manage to survive, <laughs> if you manage to do your objective, you then have to check all your cards to see if you actually were infected or not. So there's a reader, and you can check these throughout the game too. There's actual reader that looks like a computer, and you slide the card down into it, and it then shows you the words on it. And if you're infected, it'll tell you if you're infected or not. If you're infected, you lose the game, oh, even if geez. you... Yeah, so it's very thematic. It's really cool. But that that's a that's actually a pretty neat mechanic. Yeah, that, sounds like uh, it. It kind of took that old school, you know, red yeah, those, thing, yep. but brought it in. It's very thematic that, hey, you could be infected. You don't know, and you have to use a portable scanner to do it. And again, there's other rooms that you can use that scanner to see if you're... And there's action cards to see if you're infected or not. But pretty cool. A lot of fun. Does sound like So it. anyway... 
yeah. So anyway, that's uh, Nemesis. Definitely check it out. You probably won't get a hold of it, right, Chris? Because you've checked everywhere. Oh, yeah. Not right now. We'll see after the first of the year. See if there's any copies come on in the mass market. Hopefully, or... they got it. They got to come out with a new run. I would this think game so. is. I think this game is top 10 and thematic on board game geek i think yeah it instantly jumped up on top of the board game geek uh, of hotness and theme and yeah it's 13th in theme 55 overall uh so it's a top 100 game and i wouldn't be surprised if as more people get to play this this game doesn't jump into i could jump in the top 25 like it's that much fun yeah a lot of fun and i would think I would think and hope that Awakened Realms does uh, see that and, and see the demand that more copies need to be out there and produce a second yeah, run. I hope so, too. All right. So, sorry. That was a really long like, but no love. That was a really long love. That was But love. I love nem- me some nemesis. All right. Hate. Uh, for hate, for me, is delays. Uh, Chris, you probably relate to this, but delays as yes. in... So Wingspan expansion was supposed to release last Friday, the 22nd. And uh, w- listening to Jamie Stegmeyer's podcast, somebody in the U.S. warehouse messed up and forgot to sign something or send the shipment off when they were supposed to. And it wasn't caught until it was days and days late, like three days before the game was supposed to come out. So all around the world, everybody got the shipment on the release date like they're supposed to, except for the U.S., and so they actually had to delay it a week. So now the Wingspan expansion does not come out until the 29th, which kind of stinks, which is Black Friday. So hopefully... By the time you're listening to this, I have a shipping notice for uh, the Wingspan expansion. I know Emily's really excited. She's basically been opening every box I've been getting for board games. She's like, oh, sorry, I opened it. I thought it was going to be the Wingspan expansion. Jeez. <laughs> and I'm nice. like, no, I haven't even got shipping. Don't worry. I'll, I'll let you know. But this actually, you can actually be a Stonemeyer champion. And Stonemeyer champion, you actually get the games that they release and pre-order like months earlier than the everybody else. And to be a Stonemeyer champion, it's only $15 for the whole year. Oh. And you get free shipping from Stonemeyer Games uh shop. And obviously it supports Stonemeyer Games. Wow. So I'm almost thinking about doing it because that's worth honestly it. Pr- pretty much every Stonemeyer game that's going to come out from now on, I'm probably just going to buy new full price. So might as well get it early. I still pay the same price through Stonemeyer and I get free shipping, so why not? That's why on Instagram everybody was still having the Wingspan expansion like three weeks ago. It's because they were champions. Wow. I'll have to look at that too. I, I really like their games. I agree with you. Stonemeyer games are good. Absolutely. Anyway, that's my hate. This week. My hate is assuming. So a couple aspects. What I work with and deal with, um, my job, you can't assume. You can't assume stuff. But the, Especially in IT. Oh, yes, exactly. You have to have it done. It's It has to be black or white. There's no gray areas. It's logic. You have to deal with it. You can't assume stuff is being done or whatever. But going into the board gaming aspects, I, I've seen that. I played games and done this kind of stuff, and somebody's were playing. They're like, well... Uh, I think this the rules this way. What, what do you mean you think? Well, I assume. No, you can't assume. Yeah, it's board games, especially learning new games and trying to figure out 
I, I, I'm the type of, okay, well, let's let's don't assume something so we play it wrong and go through this whole process. Let's read it. Go figure it out and take the time to go back to the book and look at it and do and it right. And then you can house rule yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Then, then we kidding, don't like I'm the kidding. rule and we house rule it. But <laughs> Oh, let's not know. No, let's not no, even go there. No, <laughs> yeah. But no, just this that assuming something. No, let's, don't assume. Just don't assume. Just figure it out. Let's answer it this way or this way. We we get the understanding of it and moving on. So <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion this has to do with the incident with one of your sons. Uh, potentially. <laughs> no comment. It, it may have started that aspect but and maybe started <laughs> thinking about it. But no, I love them. I love them all. But you don't assume rules. Yeah, you don't yeah, assume of rules. Course. You figure things out. Yeah. You play things correctly. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> all right. Well, that is our love and hate for this week. Okay, well, that is the time for this episode because I talked about Nemesis for 15 minutes. <laughs> that he did. <laughs> well, I could talk a whole episode on Nemesis, to be honest. Oh, uh, one other thing I just want to bring up, Chris. You know how we played Thanos Rising? Oh, yeah. So they're coming out with the Harry Potter and Star Wars version coming out, which I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I'm sure we have people listening that are big Harry Potter fans. Uh, I found out that they did tweak the rules for these versions from Thanos Rising. And what they did is they allowed you to split, assign your dice in the sector. So you know how you're rolling it? You can only place them all in one person. They changed the rule in these variations where you can, when you roll, you can assign them anywhere. We talked about that, yeah. Which we talked about. I think that would fix the game, the randomness. Uh, yeah, they tweaked the rules and changed oh, it. Well, I'd, I'd like to say we had something. No, I'm just joking. We did. Yeah, we had nothing I like to, to say we had forethought in that. Yeah, no, that they did change the rules. So that actually makes me a lot more excited for the Star Wars version I, of it. I agree. So I just want to throw that out there. I thought that was pretty cool. Wanted to tell you about that. Anyway, so uh, you should be listening to this. It should be after Thanksgiving. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Everybody had safe travels. Hopefully, everybody played a lot of games. Uh, I know we have multiple family events over Thanksgiving, and you know I'm plan. Uh, I mean, this is before Thanksgiving, but planning on bringing some games at Thanksgiving. So um, I'm sure on the next episode we'll have a lot to talk about for games we played and things that happened. And I know Emily ordered a bunch of games from Target sale, and my Wingspan expansion should be here. And I know I had a lot of games that can't are coming with that, like Call to Adventure, that I'm really excited about. So we have some new games coming your way that we're going to be talking about and playing. So we have a lot to talk about. Uh, anything you want to talk about, Chris, before we end the episode? No, just looking forward to the holiday season here coming up, Thanksgiving, and and my brother and his family coming over, oh, cool. and we always play games. Yep. Oh, nice. Rob's coming up, so we play games, and we play some miniature games, Fistful of Lead type uh, stuff, as well as a bunch of board games. Oh, cool. So I always look for this weekend uh, with family and friends and just enjoying the time. It's starting to get... Um, bad weather out oh, yeah. and cold and wet so great time to stay inside and just have fun try some of these new games we're getting in the mail yeah absolutely um also it is kind of weird this year that christmas is less than four weeks away from thanksgiving what yeah i mean think about it. it's the i know it's the 27th yeah. is that weird i mean that's just that weird. Was more sarcastic oh yeah. okay uh no it's yeah. just kind of weird that means it's gonna be a lot of gaming basically in the next month it's gonna be it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Oh, I think so. I a lot of opportunities to play games. Friendly reminder to check out our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. See all the games we play, the pictures, news, and anything else that's on there. Also, please rate us and star us on your, your podcasting app. You know, it be iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, 
I mean, you name it, we're on all of them. We would really appreciate that. We are, we really thank you for listening. And if you have any questions, as always, feel free to send us an email at gamesweplaypod at gmail.com. Uh, but until next time, till episode 31 next week, I am Brian. And I'm Chris. And keep on gaming. Join the conversation and feel free to give us your feedback. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at GamesWePlayPod and at GamesWePlayPod at gmail.com.